Hey everybody, it's Cage. By now you know that Lucas Tigers and Bronze podcast is sponsored by PWCC, and you've probably already heard our weekly PWCC episode. But did you know that you can now bid on the weekly and premier auctions straight from the PWCC mobile app? It's the easiest way to bid on cards, make offers in the fixed price marketplace, track your submissions, and view your vault portfolio. So join the thousands of people who are already placing bids using the mobile app. It's available on both Apple and Android devices. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the episode. Let's Luke and rock and roll. The hardest working crew in sports <laughs> car business. Welcome back to the Fraction Report before opening bell brought to you by Collectible. Uh, an awesome, awesome, awesome episode where, you know, there's some auctions that closed. Cage got himself an, a really cool card. Uh, and again, you're super contrarian in nature. Uh, the index is down across the board, but something that's super interesting that I found was that it was down less than other assets. I found yep. that very interesting other than gold. So we'll talk about all that, talk about the top gainers, top uh, losers, so to speak, and then go from there. Yeah, some Anything? comps, some overall market stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, and just so we don't leave anybody hanging, right? I bought a LeBron. as Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze, right? So I bought a LeBron, you know? I mean, and let me give some credit where credit's due. Cardboard Chronicles. Josh, a big thank you to Josh. I messaged him today for a big thank you. You know, we, we, we sometimes are tongue-in-cheek, um, and we sometimes, you know, we, we, we have our fun. They have their fun with us the nfts and all kinds of fun stuff and we have our fun with the data that's out there but you know if you check out the stories that chris hodge chris hoge and uh Cobra chronicles and those guys at the card ladder team put out um you know there's some there's some really good information in there you know not just good charts not just good data it's you know these are guys who have years and years and years of of knowledge and insight um and they think differently than i do a lot of the time and, you know, they have a lot of, you know, information about, you know, the card values, the historical values, you name it. And one of the things that um, Josh posted a chart of this past week, and, you know, it's actionable here, uh, not exactly the same cards, but it's actionable because it was two, two, uh, two players, you know, it was talking about like the overall markets and how things were down and that cards were down, you know, and you got to, uh, you know, look at them the same, but that he thought that the you know, solid assets that were rare, but still tradable, still liquid. Um, there were a couple of them that he thought were hitting floors. The two that he pointed out specifically were low pop enough um, and with enough sales transactions over the last two years was the Kevin Durant chrome white refractor out of 99. His was the BGS 9.5 and the uh, LeBron James... Uh, Chrome Refractor BGS 10, which only has a pop of like 30 something, 31, 32. I forget exactly what it is. And he said that, you know, if you looked at the chart, it looked like it might be, you know, it, it had gone huge up. I mean, I think it was like a $200,000 or something crazy mm-hmm. when, the, when the Jordan rookie, which we'll talk about also, another card was at 700. That was at 200. Um, and a recent sale was at like 84. And the one prior was like 77.5, and then it was 84. So, I'm, you know, the, basically, if you look at the chart, it was one of these, like, climb to a high peak, drop, and recently looked like it was kind of like, you know, the consolidation phase, you know, hitting a floor and then moving its way back up. So I bid on one because there was one in, um, in Ken Golden's auction last night, and I placed my bid literally when Josh put that story in a couple of days ago. 
And I was like, I'm not going to get this. Someone's going to beat me, you know. And I, my bid was my bid was 56 plus buyer's premium and all the additional fun things that, you know, they like to throw on top of it: fees and transactions and handlings and insurance and the like. The, the invoices and interesting a things. Li- to look a at. little bit for a golden event at national another, and a another surcharge. Sur- it's for an episode for, on a different for, day. For Adelman and what's yeah, funny like, about it is that that 56 plus buyer's premium. It never got touched. Like no one came in over the top, which meant that you know, for all intents and purposes, that one sold at sixty-seven-two, which is a new low, and it basically puts that LeBron around where it was two years ago, maybe even less than it was two years ago. We're talking about twenty twenty, you know, before a lot of the crazy, you know, crazy. I mean, obviously, it was lower than that before in twenty nineteen. But can we talk you, about something there, though? Shoot, I man, think what's cool about that purchase is it's a crossover of data and intuition, right? Yep. Not only is it that the chart shows that it's a buy, I think intuitively we feel like because of the year the Lakers had, the bronze yep. oversold. And also because of the current kind of grading climate, BGS 10s are no longer holding the premium that they rightfully should hold. Not because BGS or PSA or SGC subjectively are better grading companies, because of the population, because of the numbers behind it. So yeah, I mean, I there were PSA tens that sold it, and they they sold for a discount of it. They sold for you know twenty percent less or so than the BGS ten sold for. But I think that you're right. Historically, that was a much bigger gap, right. um, and I think so. That's part of it. But yeah, I mean, listen, you, you know, we talk about LeBron, and there's a lot of LeBron items that have been beaten up, like really beaten up. He had a bad year. But the way I look at it, and you call me contrarian, he had a I guess great I am, year, right? I mean, you know, he had a great year. He had a score, he he a statistically at thirty-seven, almost. I mean, he he wound up losing it at the end, but you know, he he had a great, you know, statistical year for himself. And there's a lot of things on the horizon for him, right? If, if you know, if if his if the overall market is beat down and the blue chips like LeBron are beat down, I look for those blue chips that are beat down with this market for you know for. For, for ancillary things, right? The team, yes, they didn't make the playoffs. And yes, if you look at Steph Curry's cards and Steph has a shot to win another championship and people are comparing him, you know, you look at LeBron, you know, short term, something will happen soon. They'll sign someone. There'll be some talk in the offseason about what they're going to do with their team and what's going to get some hype. But I didn't buy that card for short term hype. Right. I, I mean, you know, you could see it turn right around quickly if there's some short term hype. Maybe they sign Zach Levine. Who's a free agent? Maybe they move him in, and you know, I mean, now all of a sudden there's some hype around the team, and they're redoing the team and they're rebuilding. But then you're going to have he's chasing Kareem to be the all-time points leader. Is he going to play with Bronny? You know, what's he going to do? How much longer is he going to play? How far is he going to, you know, set himself up in the record books? Is he going to make another run at a title somewhere? You know, so there's a lot of things still there. It's one of those things we talked about being lucky that. You know, you have these goats that are still doing it with Brady and LeBron, and who knows what happens after they stop. But, but you know, a card like that, where there's not that many of them, and, you know, he's cemented as a top two all-time, you know, player, I feel all right putting my money in that. As It would be kind of like putting it in, you know, Apple stock or Disney stock or a stock that has been beaten down with the, you know, with the market, a blue chip that you know when things turn around, it will turn around. So that's kind of my thought. And, you know, people could use that. We're, we're not telling this because, like, people are like, what the hell? Why do we care what this guy bought? LeBron, Mahomes, Brady. Like, there's a lot of those on collectible. And and nice one, nicer than what I bought. You know what I mean? And you're talking about, like, the exquisite one. Like, obviously, if I could afford the exquisite, I'd buy the exquisite now because I think that's been beat up pretty pretty badly, too. And there's one on collectible. So, you know, it's sort of like, you know, 
you know, could you buy shares of it, right? Maybe buy shares of that, and then you watch that one. Go ahead. What you, you I can't that little, well, when you talk about that little consolidation stage, and now like kind of perking back up, it, it, I'm curious, like the timing of the playoffs, right? Because you have round first two rounds, there's still a little area for speculation. When mm-hmm. you get this deep in the playoffs, you kind of see that what there's levels to everything, right? Oh yeah. You come into a, a corporate environment, you're an analyst, you move up to associate VP. You know, you move all, but there's levels to stuff. And yep. no matter how great Luca and Tatum are, I think we see that there's still another level to get to LeBron. Oh, yeah. And when we're chasing these record sales, like we just saw a, kind of an eerie sale with the Luca National Treasure 6,666. 66, 666,000 for a BGS 95. Yeah. You start realizing, you're like, well, hold up. LeBron basically got to the finals at will for, you know, a decade. And Luca's great and all, but it looks the way it looks is he's not going to get past your attention, the the Warriors. Same with Tatum. Everybody, this poor guy, he's been working his butt off this week, selling V Friends cards at Vcon. He's doing the episode from the airport. This poor guy literally just landed, and he's like, "Cage, hey, I'm not going to go home for another two hours." And I said, "Let's just find a little spot, you know. We'll get good service, you know, and we'll uh, we'll." we'll We'll bust it out now. We'll get this episode up, and people can have the you know actionable trading stuff. You know, we just had Golden End last night, so this guy he's a trooper. Let's give him let's give him some credit. Let's give him a pat on the back here. Did an episode in a in a hotel hallway. You know, <laughs> just just crazy stuff. So I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. I'm just taking it one step at a time. You know, right now, be where your feet are, as uh, Mr. Bennett on Virginia UVA says, be where your feet are. So I'm present. So I'm going to go over some data. So collectible top three gainers so there's 73 percent gain on the mickey mantle mlb debut ticket stuff from 1951 mm-hmm. luca white sparkle which we could talk about that I, I i hate that card i think that was offloaded onto retail investors for six hundred thousand dollars i don't think it's worth anywhere near what even the current buyout offer is right now I, not even to talk about the six hundred thousand dollar ipo we could yep. talk about that and then the game, Kobe Bryant game-worn French blue Jordan 12 retro sneakers, which is basically the most volatile. It's up one week, down one week, up one <laughs> week, down one week. And truthfully, I so, it sort of feels like that could be manipulated by people who are holding that item. I don't know. But I'm the mantle ticket to me is the coolest, for sure. Why? For sure. I don't know, man. I just think anything mantle has such a endearing... You don't have to tell a long story. All right. I'm with you, and I love it. So how about this one? Do you remember a couple weeks back, we were lucky enough to tell people about the – the it was it was you. You were on it. You were, like, breaking news. Tell people about the, um, the Tiger Woods Golf Club that sold for millions of dollars and then Collectible because Collectible brings those assets that no one else has. Collectible had the Tiger Woods clubs, and we're like, okay, well, clearly that's going to follow suit, right? And that's one of those, those, those great things about collectible, right? You know, you can't just go on eBay after an amazing uh, Tiger Woods club sale and say, oh, well, I'm going to go find some Tiger Woods, you know, match use clubs and go bid on them because clearly there's, there's a headline out there. So how about this? Were you aware? Now, obviously, it's not apples to apples, just like the clubs were not apples to apples. It's a little bit apples to orange. But you're aware that that, I mean, an amazing piece. That Golden Auctions last night had a 1955 Sandy Kobach's debut and World Series championship season game-used Dodgers jersey. 
So it was a road jersey. It was Mears rated A9.5, real nice jersey. And it sold for over a million dollars. I forget what it ended at. Million, two million. Yeah. I mean, it's who sold. is Sandy Koufax? Why do we talk about this? I told guy? you, Other left hand to God. I, I, okay. I know. And he doesn't pitch on Yom Kippur. Mazel Tov. Lahayim. So he is one of these guys that just as a pitcher had one of the most dominant runs for a, a let's call it an eight year span of any pitcher. So like almost an unhittable pitcher. Plus you had the, the Dodgers, you had the Brooklyn Dodgers, better than the LA Dodgers. Um yes, better than Kershaw. Like like Sandy Kovacs would be insulted that you'd put him in the same category. Like yes. As Kershaw. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You guys forget Kershaw dominated. And yeah, I mean, no one forgets that he dominated, right? So, so, I mean, listen, man, we we should have some stats pulled up at the ready, just because, you know, Kofax is Kofax is fun, right? So I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see, you know, what it was, right? What, also, he when he came up, he was not so good. I remember reading about, um, you know, reading about the the Dodger dogs. He had one dogs, home run, He had two home runs in his career. This guy's nobody. Uh, let's see. Just NL kidding. record four no hitters, including a perfect game. Twice struck out eighteen batters in a game. In nineteen sixty five, he struck out three hundred and eighty two batters, a major league record until Nolan Ryan broke it. In nineteen sixty three, he won the MVP with a twenty five and five record. In the World Series, he beat Whitey Ford twice in five days as the Dodgers swept the Yankees. I mean, he was pretty darn good for a, a, a stretch there. And what's amazing about it is I don't think he was great in the 50s. So that jersey, he, yes, it was his debut. It took him a while. I think he, he was like he was okay. And then all of a sudden he was like in 1960, 61, all of a sudden he was like godlike. Um, it, it's pretty nuts. It's pretty crazy. What they say, right? So um, well, let's, let's, let's get a story here. In 1961, during a bus ride to a spring training exhibition game, backup catcher Norm Sherry, told him he should concentrate more on throwing the ball over the plate rather than the breaking the sound barrier and be more varied and selective with his pitches. So I guess he was just trying to throw hard. They told him he could solve his control problem if you just try to throw the ball a little easier. Get it over the plate. You still got enough getty up on it, basically, to get the hitters out. Right? From then on, he tried to throw strikes and make them hit the ball. The difference was control, not just controlling the ball, but controlling myself. So after the six-year storm where he was a little wild – came the calm of success, throwing with an easier rhythm and relying more on a crackling curveball. They say, quote, it drops like a chair whose legs collapse out from underneath the catcher Jack Roseborough said. So let's see. Over the some next stats five you. seasons, you ready? He had his, so he was 14 and four with 209 strikeouts by July 12th in 1962. Came down with circulatory problems. In 63, the first of his three pitching triple crowns. So three years in a row, triple crowns. Led the league in wins, ERA, 1.88, and strikeouts, 306. Two more okay. starts. I mean, just crazy numbers here over a short period of from time. 20, from 2011, Kershaw to – actually, let's go 2010 to 2017. Kershaw's ERA was 2.91, 2 2.28, 2.53, 1.83, 1.77, 2.13, 1.69, 2.13. Yep. So at sixty four and sixty five was that was that yeah okay but 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 Koufax led the league in wins ERA and strikeouts for three straight seasons including winning World Series in that 
right? 26 and 8 with a 2.04 ERA to win second Cy Young. First game of the World Series was the Yom Kippur, which obviously you know that one. And they had another another great season, 27 and I with a 1.73 RA after that. So 63, 64, 65. Why do I talk about this and, and his greatness? So yes, the 55 Sandy Koufax is a rookie debut jersey, sold for over a million dollars. Did you know that Collectible has a Sandy Koufax 1964-65 game used jersey that is currently trading at $394,000? So it's, some could argue, a more important piece. Now, everybody loves rookies. But in 1955, I know they won the World Series. I know they did. Jackie Robinson on that team. Only time Jackie won the World Series. But Sandy Koufax was a rookie and kind of a scrub in 1955. In 64, 65, when this jersey that Collectible has on the platform was being used in a game, Koufax was right in the middle of his pitching triple crown, his three best years, where he led the leagues in, in, in strikeouts and ERA and wins. Um, I mean, impressive piece, and why I bring it up is just like the Woods putter caused all of a sudden, you know, some, some, some reverberations on other items like that. This is not the same jersey. It's not a rookie jersey, but it's a jersey that was used in a, in a really important time. You know, compare it to like in the Jackie Robinson bats that were sold. You know, some of them sold for a million too. Some of them sold for five, six hundred thousand dollars. You know, they, it kind of like lifts it up. And you would think that after that one makes headlines as the you know leading bid getter in the golden auction, maybe it's on Sports Center, maybe it's on ESPN, maybe it's on Twitter. People start looking. Hey, maybe maybe I should. Well, you not you don't have to buy for four hundred thousand dollars. What is the share price on this? Nine, ten dollars a share. You can get in on the Koufax jersey nine before the opening quarter. bell. Nine dollars and twenty-five cents, and you can get in before the opening bell on Collectibles Fractional Report. There you go. You got some some early collectible right shareholders rejected a five hundred thousand dollar offer on the asset on August thirtieth, twenty twenty-one. And they were smart to do so, it would seem, right? And yet now, no. after a five hundred thousand dollar buyout, it's down to three ninety-four. But I have a feeling after a, a seven-figure sale of one of his game used, you've now seen some price discovery. And maybe people realize that that $500,000 might be light. Who knows? No, no one's going to remember, well, no one's gonna remember Koufax. And he's, he's basically Mikan. I mean, people remember Mikan. For now, until this – Dude, no. so what's funny about it is you – Irrelevant. You, Cardboard irrelevant. In a few in a few decades, Kobe will be irrelevant too, and no one no will remember. No way! Him. No way! Why? No way! Because he did stuff outside. No way! I mean, you could always say over time, people will be forgotten. If you think it's that easy to forget Kovac and he's irrelevant, I'll tell you, Kobe Bryant, Not same with Providence. Same, same Providence, Mantle, LeBron, Kobe, Jordan. What do you mean Provenance? Uh, what does that even mean? I mean, Kofax they, is... They, do, they have impact inside and outside the sport. What did Mantle do outside the sport? They he had, had Marilyn uh, Monroe. Next question. No, that's Joe DiMaggio. But that, that doesn't matter. We think that he dated Marilyn Monroe. No, you do. You're the only person who confuses that. You're the oh, only one. Okay, fine. What about him <laughs> jumping in the Hudson River to save all of his cards so that now we have three <laughs> PSA 10s? Do you really oh, think dude, Koufax can re- swim? 
I'm pretty sure he was a heck of a swimmer, yeah. Actually. With his left hand. His right <laughs> hand was completely useless. Oh, man, you are an interesting duck. All right, so we'll move off of Sandy Colfax. Talking about She's... useless, the designer of white sparkle cards, do you think Panini still <laughs> It definitely wasn't carbon. It wasn't it carbon. Hey, let's talk about two cards right now, right? Sure. Cream, cream of the crop kind of cards. Let's talk about the Michael Jordan PSA 10 rookie card. So okay. current trading price on collectible $215,000, okay? It, it, it came down a little bit this week. There were two sales in the last three days, one on Golden and one on PWCC. The Golden one ended at $228,000, which is higher than the one on Collectible, and it's one of the lower sale prices that we've had. I predicted it would sell a little lower also. wasn't the greatest copy. Whereas the one on PWCC was an eye appeal one, nice centering, and sold for $276,000. So you have two comps, the eye appeal a little higher, the one that's not so great, also higher. The Jordan at $215,000. You guys know I own one. So obviously a little biased here. But we now have uh, you know, a, an asset on collectible that is trading below two recent comps. Just want to make sure we point that out. My take it's... on that card is, is such, for, for, from a fractional standpoint. For a collector like you, that's like, you've talked about it, entry ticket to VCon. To yeah. Tongue-in-cheek. It's like... It's like, hey, you know, I made it as a collector. I've always wanted the 10. You have the 10. You're exclusive club. But from fractional, it's not the best bang for your buck, right? The people that hold that card, they're holding that for 20 years. They're not holding that to hope that there's a buyout for 50% over comps. And they're yeah, but there are some people who buy fractional with a long-term window also, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and people should be used to a long-term window because, you know, buyouts sometimes don't come. Right. And buyout's not the only thing fractional is for. I mean, you know, people who are investing in this should get used to the fact that the liquidity might not always be there. And some of the things you're buying into are long term holds that you shouldn't be buying into these items thinking that I'm going to be able to get out next week, next month or even in a couple of months. Um, and I think this is one of those cards that if you have that long term window, you'll be all right. Let me just add to, I guess, what I meant. So the, the cards or assets that I think people believe can get bought out are the ones that you're going to see more volatility on mm -hmm. i think the cards or the assets that are more long-term holds like this one aren't going to see a lot of volatility because 90 percent, 80 percent, whatever the number is are in it for 20 years whereas maybe for, with those retro blue jordan uh kobe sneakers someone's getting into it hoping that in a month it gets bought out because maybe a ancillary similar item got bought out like i wouldn't be surprised if this kofax jersey was up 30, 40, 50% this week in the anticipation that it might be bought out soon down the road based on the comp. Right. The Jordan right. I get is, that. is, is I get a that. liquid enough card where well, we also you're not going to see too many of these. I understand yeah. what you're saying. You're not going to see too many Kobe shoes, but just obviously we saw two Jordans in the last two weeks. We'll probably see another Jordan soon. So it doesn't need to be bought out. If somebody wants to buy it out, they could just buy it in one of the auctions. So I understand that 100%. 100%. Um, and it's a great point. Um, definitely a great point. My, my deal is with the market going down uh, overall, the card market, overall market, Bitcoin, crypto, you name it. I like to point out some items that are on collectible lower than recent sale prices, which is always a good thing. Instead of pointing out ones that are higher, if you want to pull one that's higher, you know, the Luca prism blue, which ran up after Luca did his thing, you know, um, and brought his team into the second round of the playoffs. Right. 
Um, forget about the the one that's the white sparkle, the blue. I think it you know was up tremendously and trading at like fifty six thousand dollars. It was just a PWCC sale for thirty six thousand dollars. So you know that's an interesting one because you know that one ended last week up ten percent. Um, you know, I think I think on Monday it was running up to fifty six thousand. It ended I think fifty thousand even. So that's high compared to the $36,000 sale that was just on PWCC. Um, so we talk about the Jordan because the one on collectibles is a little bit lower. That one clearly, there's more volatility. You know, he was really high to end the series, but by the end of the week, it looked like he might not get past Golden State. Right? right. So all of a sudden, now, you know, you're talking about vol- that card has got some real volatility, 100%. Think about the um, blue though is it has collector's appeal. My yep. issue, like collectors are smart. Like I think we need to stop thinking that people in this hobby are stupid. Not in the sense of like smart, smart of like book smart. In the sense of they've put money into cards before. They know what works and what doesn't. They've been around, and if they see a white sparkle sell for four hundred thousand, and they see the 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 blue color match card sell for a sixth of that, a, a collector will say, "I'm going to go for that." You know, I get a LeBron BGS uh, refractor. So collectors are very intelligent people. They've been around the block. They've done this for some time. Uh, they don't get into the hype of SSP and, and all that, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think you're 100% right. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of sales that, uh, you know, that happened over the last couple of days. Take a look at them. What I would tell you to be careful about is, you know, comparable sales on BGS 9.5s. Not every BGS 9.5 is the same. Check the subs. People pay more for True Gems, Gem Plus, pay less for the Min Gems. Um, I will tell you that nowhere is this more evident than the Patrick Mahomes card that is on um, that is on collectible. If you take a look at it, I'm talking about the, the National Treasures RPA out of 99. I believe the one that's trading on... Um, on collectible now has I think it's an eighty four thousand dollar market cap. I don't want to misquote, but let's just make sure. I'll take a look. I'm pretty sure it has an eighty four thousand dollar market cap. Um, you could take a look at it if you like. Horizontal RP. Yeah, but that year it was horizontal. That year, you know, there is no vertical on it. I think it's eighty four thousand market market cap. Yes. Okay. So so why is this why is this one important? So this is a BGS eight five. All right. I will tell you that a BGS nine sold on um, PWCC for I think exactly the same price. I think it also sold for eighty four thousand dollars, which is the same market price as this. But this one on collectible has two colors, right? So the patch has that that bit of you know, bit of orange bleeding into the red. So the, the first question is, you know, does that little bit of patch does that make up the difference between the eight five and the nine? Not a hundred percent sure. I I agree. But then you get Golden actually selling one that was a real nice 9-2 color. I want to get the actual price of it, but it sold for significant. It might have sold for like $132,000, I think, is, was the comp on it. So, you know, at first I looked at this and I'm like, all right, 84. There was a 9 that sold for the same price. Maybe this is, a, you know, not the greatest deal. But then you look at the patch. And then you look at a nine that has a multicolored patch on it sells for 132. This is one of those cards where, you know, you could see people starting to maybe get more interested in as, um, you know, as football season starts. But more importantly, 
why I bring this up, not to say that this particular card on collectible is a buy, a sell, whatever it may be, more of take a look. There's more that goes into it than just say, okay, well, I'm a Holmes uh, National Treasure out of 99 just sold on PWCC. What's the comp? No. Check out the grades. Check out the – it's 8-5 versus 9. What's the patch look like? What's got a better – and all of that factors into the – you know, and what are the subgrades, you know? So you got to take a look at all that stuff when you're doing these, you know, these comps. Never more important than when you're looking at uh, vintage baseball. I'll let you pick whatever you like, but let's just talk about a card you love. You talked about him. You got every fact about him wrong, but it doesn't matter. I know you're joking. <laughs> Pull up the Mickey Mantle um, PSA 7 that's currently trading on collectible right now. This card has a current market uh, cap of $276,575. It's down about 2.5% this past week. It's a PSA 7. Again, current trading price $276,575. Right? I bring this up because I want you to look at the card. All right? I want you to look at the card itself. Um, on Golden, ending yesterday. Can you see my screen? I can. Can you zoom in? Okay, so let's 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 leave that there. All right. Now, if you wanted to pull the golden one up, you can. I tell everybody uh, um, to pull up the golden auction one. You don't have to do it, right? But yesterday, golden had an SGC seven, and and it, it ended for two hundred sixty four thousand dollars. So right in line with this one, right in line with this PSA seven. All right. And most people would say that the PSA seven might have a little bit of a premium over the SGC seven. Right. Because that's kind of been the historical, you know, the way that it's been. But if you look at the last PWCC auction, the PSA 5 mantle sold for less than the SGC 5. Both I appeal, both nice. And here's where it's important. And I don't want to, you know, say anything bad. Take a look at this 7 when you pull up collectible. It is a little off center right to left. Right? It's definitely a 7. It definitely falls in the 7. But as far as I appeal goes, it's much more on the right border than the left. The SGC7 that sold on Golden for 264 I would pay more for that card than for the 7 that's on Collectible. I actually bid on that um, SGC7 uh, mantle at Golden. It is a gorgeous card. I don't know if you'll be able to pull it up. If you can, that's great. That might – no, that's the, that's the 2.1 million PSA 8. But if you, if you could find it, the 7, it was a gorgeous 7, like perfectly centered 7. Um, it looks better than some eights that I've seen and it's sold for 264. So it's, it's important to do this guys, because, you know, you don't just want to say, all right, well, the PSA seven is at 270 and SGC seven, 264, the PSA should sell for a significant premium to that. You know, this is a buy, not so fast, pump the brakes on that if you can, and just take a look at the seven in golden. Um, I have it up in front of me. If you can't get it, I'll try to like you know hold my laptop up to the screen so that people can see it. But it is a gorgeous seven. I, I mean, can. Just it's just nice there. It is. It's a beautiful card. Isn't it great? I mean, it's just a really nice. I'm kind of mad I didn't win it. To tell you the truth. Um, always the underbidder, never the bride. Is is this what is this what people say? The registration is a little bit yep. faded. Is that what it is? Yeah. That might so, bring... so is that the one? Is that the one for that just ended yesterday? Yep. So I mean, I'm looking at the registration on. It looks pretty, pretty nice. I mean, if you look at, you, if you hold your 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 mouse over it, you can kind of zoom in on it. You could see just how bright the coloring is on it. It's just a real nice card. Anyway, guys, I don't want to dwell too long. What 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 this one has? If you take your mouse and go to the right next to the white border where the brim of his hat is, okay, to the left side. Keep going. 
left, go a little higher above the bat. There's a white dot on this card. Go to your, go, go to your, see it right there, right, right, right below where the mouse is. Right there. That is the blemish on the card. That's what holds this card down from a seven. There's a little white dot right there. You see it? Mm-hmm. So that's the one, that's the little, little tiny mark on this card that, I mean, I was looking at it the whole deal, but I mean, overall eye appeal is amazing. But every one of these vintage cards has their own little thing. Some of them have creases you can't see, but they're great, great center. Some of the corners are not good, but the centering is amazing. Point here is, as you're going through the items, as you're going through the comps, and as you're looking at sales to try to figure out what, you know, what is a smart purchase on a collectible, where is there you know, a place to put your money, these are not all created the same, and it's important to actually take a look at the cards, not just you know, what a recent sale might be. Um, make sense? Thousand percent. Thousand, thousand, thousand percent. Um, wh- where do you want to go next? We could we could wrap with maybe one thing that I'm kind of curious about is so top three decliners were Duncan, Neal, Dirk um, lost fifty percent of value. Michael Jordan game use game use signed bat from his uh, baseball playing days down thirty six percent. Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Magic, tw- two thousand seven upper deck black quad auto BGS seven out of ten down thirty three percent. So anything catches your eye, you know, anything you want to talk about still kind of before we wrap up? No, I mean, listen, one thing I guess we can kind of talk about, right, with the, the swing towards, you know, game use memorabilia. You know, one of the things that was up this past week that I don't know whether or not it matters. I don't know whether when you see cards like the National Treasure itself is $666,000, Luca right. has that photo match to nine games rookie jersey on collectible. That was up almost 22% this week. I mean, maybe people think it might be a buyout opportunity, buyout candidate, something like that. Um, it's, there's not that many rookie jerseys, especially when, you know, the guy plays, you know, 80 games. And this one he wore for nine of them. You know, there can't be that many rookie jerseys out there. And obviously, Lucas' fan base has shown that those people are willing to spend a heck of a lot of money. And people are looking at those now. I mean, give Adam Rips. Not only can a guy throw one hell of a flea market at VCon, but we had him on our show talking about, you know, memorabilia. Right. This was a year ago, two years ago, I mean, a year and a half ago, however long ago it was when he put the Trey Young net on his head. Remember? Um, And he said, you know, people are looking for ways to really be attached to their players, you know, people that they're fans of getting a rookie jersey of somebody. Obviously, somebody who is a fan of Sandy Koufax, who you think is irrelevant, is willing to spend seven figures on his rookie jersey. So, you know, Luca is interesting, man. I love Luca. I love watching him play. He's so like how he plays, talks trash and then is charismatic and and entertains all at the same time second to none but i have to say like at the end of the day it's, it is risk reward right would it surprise you and what what would happen to that jersey not this cards but if at 28 the guy decided to retire that's 14 years in a career that's that's not a short career i mean yeah i mean it would it would be like 10 years or so in the nba I think it would surprise me because by then these guys are going to be making eighty million dollars a year. So it's a lot to walk. I think it'd be gotcha. tough to walk away from yeah, the money, gotcha. that, especially somebody like him. He'll probably be offered. I mean, look what like Mbappe was offered for PSG. Like he'll probably be offered parts of his team. You know what I mean? It'll <laughs> yeah. be you know, Luca, please stay in Dallas, and we'll give you a third of the team. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be like Messi's deal. You know? But, but that can't sustain. Like like the the contract Mbappe got cage that can't sustain. You can't give so much to one player. It. uh you know how everything's kind of like a pendulum, you know, it's yeah. one way swing to the other. It has to swing back because if these owners who have all the power give away too much leverage, 
and they don't get the results that they're hoping for. Eventually, they're like, I'm going to have to cut the cord. And I'm, that Mbappe deal is very scary. People don't realize the ramifications, in my opinion, of it. I mean, listen, who's he going to play with is really what it comes down to, right? Right? They spend that much money on him. Do they have any money left to spend on anyone else, right? You know what well, I mean? Like, I who's think, gonna, How are you going to fill out the roster? Well, at the end of the day, too, it's uh, like the locker room is also important. Envy is real. Envy is a, is a huge quality of human beings. So when Jordan was playing, you guys don't remember, Jordan made most of his money on the tail end of his career. He was one of the guys. Yes. He always even said, I would always, I would never do it. Took a little less, it. too. Took a little less. Brady, I think why Brady has such respect from his teammates is because he does, he sacrifices. So when... Jordan always said, I would never ask anyone on my team to do something that I was unwilling to do. I wonder if these guys getting huge deals, getting equity, getting all this, can really say the same thing, right? Because they're in the locker room with the guys. And when you're on the field with the rest of the guys, it's like, hey, you're just one of the boys. And that dis- that discrepancy of like, wow, like this guy's kind of a god amongst men. I don't know, man. I- I- I've never seen it in sports. I can't imagine it play- turns out well. That's my personal opinion. So I have a, uh, I have one last card just because you brought up Brady, and then I'll let you take it home or do whatever you want to do. It's one that I think almost fits in that LeBron that I, I purchased kind of What like, would I maybe want to do, like hypothetically, like, or do whatever you want to do? Like, what I don't know. You could run around the airport a little bit. We could film it. You know what I mean? You can go run up and down. I'm in your airport. favorite airport. Do you know where I'm Orlando. at? Orlando. Yeah, man. Go get Chick-fil-A. They're probably closed by now. They this is Chick-fil-A what an airport, airport should be like. This is what an airport should be like. Like you walk in and it's it's an amusement park. Like it, it's beautiful. It's Very a nice airport. Yeah. It's a nice right, airport. Brady. All right. So Brady. So I believe this is a card that is finding a bottom now. Um, it may sli- go slightly lower, but you know, if you happen to own shares of it on the collectible platform, it's something you should probably be aware of. Recent sales. I'm talking about the Tom Brady 2000 Bowman Chrome rookie BGS 10. The pristine. It's currently trading at a thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollar uh, market cap, down three and a half percent this past week. But thirty-seven five is the market cap. Why do I bring that up? Because coming into PWCC's Thursday night sale, there were three straight sales under thirty thousand dollars, and the PWCC became the fourth. It only sold for twenty thousand four hundred dollars, and then Golden had one, and it sold for twenty-one six. So now the two recent comps are twenty thousand four hundred at twenty one six, which is you know almost half the price of the thirty seven five that it's trading at um, on collectible, you know. So when the two comps come in at fifty five, sixty percent of what the market cap is on the collectible uh, site, it's just one. I I want to make sure you guys pay attention to Tom Brady's a goat. Everybody wants to have their money in Tom Brady, but I saw a little bit last week start to bleed. On this one, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if you saw probably you know a, a, a double digit drop on this one this week. So if if you're smart enough to listen to us, you now know the comps, you now know the recent sales, and I would expect this one to kind of see a little downward pressure based on those recent comps. Now that's five straight sales under thirty thousand, but the last two being close to twenty thousand on a card that has a market cap of thirty seven five. So. Important. That's it. How about Joel Embiid, man? Give me two minutes on Joel Embiid. Right? He's got 
the Joel Embiid will be trading this week, starting on five twenty-seven. The twenty, the two thousand twenty fifty-point game-worn jersey photo match. What do you think? Uh, I, we love this, like Alpha Beta. He's a Beta. He needs a Jimmy Butler. Uh, All right. I'm good at reading this stuff. He's an incredible talent. We confuse talent with leadership. Those are two different things. He's a Beta. He needs an Alpha. It's why he loves Jimmy so much. That he knows it too. He needs a Jimmy. He needs a vet. He needs grit. But I, I want to shift to Cal Gripkin Jr. because that's the pair there. Well, how does he not get more respect? You know, he's is he he's irrelevant. Cool? He's irrelevant. Yeah. Nobody cares. Is, but if Sandy is, Koufax is irrelevant, so is Cal Ripken. I mean, uh, so so I'll always remember Cal Ripken similar to maybe like how I'll remember Peyton Manning. Is that okay. unfair? No, Just no, it's loved, perfectly fair. That's where I kind of put him. Um, why does he not get more love? Like, you know this better than I. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know why he doesn't get more love. The guy was about as durable as they come, and in a time now where they have load management and nobody plays and everybody gets injured, you knew the Baltimore Orioles when you were playing. Pencil him in at shortstop. You knew if you were going to see a game, you were going to see Cal Rook in play. You know, he was beloved by his peers. He played tough. You know, he was a, a great hitter, um, played for a long time, great baseball family, and I don't know why he doesn't get, you know, more love, except for the fact that the tail end of his career, there were some shortstops who came in who were, you know, power-hitting shortstops. Um, you know, so in the 80s, he was a great shortstop. You know, he had the tail end of Ozzie Smith was still a great shortstop there, and, you know, the fielding shortstops were great, but you had A-Rod, you had Jeter. You had no more Garcia Parra, no Mah, right? You had some, you had some legitimate, um, you know, talent at shortstop, and maybe they overshadowed him a little bit towards the end of his, towards the end of his career. That's it. Love you, Luca Nation. We love you. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.